Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I'm so excited because I have a fantastic guest today. His name is Jimmy Fowley. If you don't know who he is, you need to go learn who he is because he is the best. And he is actually in New York right now performing in this one-woman show. Yes, it's a one-woman show. He plays... Okay, you guys know the movie La La Land. In the movie La La Land, Emma Stone's character puts on a one-woman show. So Jimmy actually puts on that one-woman show. Does that make sense? So he is playing Emma Stone's character in La La Land. And he is performing that show that her character puts on in that movie. So it's super crazy and meta and so hilarious. I saw it when it was here in LA. And it's so, so funny. And everyone is loving it. When I saw it, Melissa McCarthy was in the row in front of me. Uh, Helen Hunt has seen it. (laughs) 
You guys know I love a hunt. A Bonnie hunt, a Helen hunt, a Holly hunter. Doesn't matter. I love a hunt. So Helen is loving it. (laughs) It's so good, you guys. It's so good. And it was so successful here in L.A. He sold out so many shows that he moved it to New York. And he's currently doing it off-Broadway in New York. And it's a huge hit. There was just a big write-up on him in the New York Times. And he's doing it with his director, Jordan Black. And if you live in New York, you have to go see it because it's so funny. So we're going to talk to Jimmy all about La La Land and all sorts of other stuff. He was in The Comeback, which is one of my, not one of, it's my all-time favorite show. That uh, Lisa Kudrow show from HBO, it's my all-time favorite. And he was in an episode of that. And I know him from The Groundlings. And he actually has a web series called Go Go Boy Interrupted. So you can go check that out too. And I have a little cameo in it in the second season. See if you could spot me. (laughs) Anyway, Jimmy is just the best. He is the best. He's a gem of a guy. He's so handsome. He's so funny, so smart. So I can't wait for you guys to hear me talk to him. And before I do, we have to talk about, we have to get some business out of the way. And number one on that list is something that was brought back into our lives this week that I didn't realize how much I'd been missing it. It was like a piece of my heart was missing. It came back this week in the form of the season premiere of Vanderpump Rules. Wow. I fucking love Vanderpump Rules. Can't get enough. I want it to go on forever. I love it. And there's been something missing from these Bravo shows lately. I don't know if you guys do. You guys agree with me, right? Like, it's it's felt like a spark has been missing, especially ever since Dallas went off the air. You know, I was loving Dallas, but other than Dallas, it feels like something's missing. And I, I was racking my brain trying to figure out, is it me? Is, is Am I over these shows? But... When Vanderpump Rules came back this week, I realized it wasn't me. It was not me at all. It was actually just the fact that I needed I needed a jolt. I needed to see Kristen Doty. I needed to see Stasi. I mean, that scene where Stasi was putting together an air conditioner unit, that was more thrilling than the entire 18 episodes of Real Housewives of Orange County, or whatever, however many episodes they went on. I mean, that scene was uh, enough. It was just, I love that these people are putting together air conditioning units. I mean, you won't see that on the Beverly Hills Housewives. And there was drama. Sheena Shea's back. It's her birthday again. It seems to be always her birthday or Stassi's birthday. I mean, I don't remember a time where it wasn't one of their birthdays. So, of course, Sheena threw a masquerade ball for her birthday party, and she's already fallen in love. I mean, at the end of last season, she was, I believe, still married to Shay, And now she's, she's found a new love, and she's convinced he's the one. I love Sheena Makes Great TV, you guys. I wonder what she did with those uh, professional photos she took of herself that she had plastered all over her apartment, just of her. I wonder if she still has those after the divorce. Do you you guys think Shay got those pictures in the divorce? (laughs) I wonder who the judge judge ruled would get those pictures. Frankly, I wish he, he ruled that I would get them so I could hang them above my mantle. Gosh, there was that drama between Britney and Jax. Maybe Jax cheated, maybe he didn't. Faith really wiggled her way back into this cast. Faith, who we haven't seen for multiple seasons, somehow wiggled her way back in by sleeping with Jax. I gotta take my hat off to her, take off my top hat to Faith, because she found the weakest link and she went right on in. Or actually let him go right on in. But either way, she got back into this cast, and, you know, that's something to be applauded. So bravo, Faith. Welcome back. I didn't know I wanted to see any more of you, but now I do. There was one issue I had with the premiere, and that was the lack of Kristen Doty. I love Kristen on my TV. I always want to see that crazy girl. 
You know, and I call her a crazy girl because she calls herself a crazy girl. And she is fantastic TV. I love to watch her. And I wanted more of her. She didn't show up until about the half hour mark. And I was missing her. She is great TV. But you know what? She she inserted herself into that Jackson-Brittany drama. All of a sudden, she was living with them. Do you guys Did you guys catch that? It was like Jackson-Brittany were fighting over infidelity. And Kristen said something like, uh, you're not coming home tonight, as if like she lives with them. Does she live with them? That wasn't clear to me, but either way, I loved it. I love that Kristen just, she she saw that opening like Faith did. She just wiggled her way in. Ah, that's a good TV. That's a good TV star. What else? Oh, I also want to mention, I love that James has a new gay bestie. He has a new gay bestie. And I think it's great because I have a lot of, some of my closest friends in real life are straight men. Not a ton of them, but I have a couple straight guys that I'm very close with. Like, we're really good friends. And I feel like that relationship dynamic is not often portrayed on TV or on reality TV. It's always like the gay is friends with the women or the gay is friends with the other gays. But gays are very rarely shown on reality TV being friends with straight guys. And I think in real life, a lot of gay people, myself included, and ones that I know, they're really close friends with other straight guys. And that relationship is is always very interesting to me. I love my straight guy friends. And I know they're straight and there's not like any sort of sexual tension, but you're someone to be really close with. They're someone to be really close with. So I was happy to see that. Although the preview left, left me a little worried of where that storyline's going. Because the previews implied that James and this guy kind of make out or something. So I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic about it. But God, I'm just so happy to have these kids back. I love watching them. And you guys know that I met one of these guys, one of these girls, recently. I did a a chemistry test for this network show thing, and I tested with one of the female cast members. It was Stassi. (laughs) Don't tell anyone I told you that, okay? Don't tag her, don't say anything, but it was Stassi. I wasn't going to tell anyone, but now I I'm, I'm, had a glass of wine, and so I'm telling everyone. But Stassi was wonderful, and it was so great. I got to, like, spend a little time with her doing um, some on-camera stuff that will probably never see the light of day. I mean, it was like a, a test, so I don't know how to explain it. But no one will ever see the footage. But it, it lives on in my brain where I replay it over and over again. And Stassi was exactly how I imagined her to be. She looked stunning. And it was, it was taking everything in me not to fan out and ask her all sorts of Vanderpump Rules questions. I did ask her a couple things. She was she was wonderful. I don't, uh, you know, I told you who she, I, I, on the podcast a few weeks back, I talk about this whole thing. So, you know, go back and listen if you're interested, because I don't want to, I don't want to blow her cover, but she is the best. She was the best. I loved her. She was exactly what I imagined her to be. So anyway, it was so great to see these people back in our lives, because I was missing that spark, that Bravo spark. God, I love them. And doesn't it always feel like none of them have central air, right? Like, I'm not the wealthiest man in the in L.A., but I have central air. And somehow this whole entire cast of people that have been on TV for five or six seasons, they don't have central air, and I don't really understand. They also seem to never have uh, iPhone screens without cracks in them. <laughs> Whenever you see a close-up of their iPhone screens, no matter who it is, there's like a big crack in it. And I love that. That's the kind of reality TV star I love. Gosh, okay, so we do have a little bit more business to get into before I get to my interview with Jimmy. First of all, I'm going to get this out of the way now. If you can, if you like this podcast, please go rate and review it on iTunes. It would help me out so, 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 so much. And for those of you that have, thank you so much. I love you. We're on Spotify now. 
And I have a sponsor, Samson Technologies. They've been so great. They sent me all sorts of great equipment. And they've been spreading the word about this podcast, so I just have to give them a shout out. Finally, it is the holiday season, and we're all looking for silly gifts to get our friends and families and all that stuff. So I teamed up with Society6. It's like a website. And I have like a merch store now, which is something I never thought I would have, which has been so fun. But so my boyfriend, Matt, he is a graphic designer, and he's actually the one who designed the logo for my podcast, that silly logo with the unicorn drinking wine and all that. So he designed that logo for me. And so him and I put together a few different things that I love, that I know you guys would love. And we put together this store of t-shirts and tank tops and coffee mugs and tote bags. It's a very select few items. We didn't go crazy. And there's just a few designs. And I I tried to keep it very limited to stuff that I thought was great, like stuff I want to buy. And I actually, I have ordered every single one of these items. (laughs) I've ordered everything because I love it all. One of the things is I'm obsessed with Divas Live 1998, right? As any other gay man is out there right? Any other woman and gay man knows that Divas Live 1998 was the peak of pop culture and pop music. So we have one of those, we have like a t-shirt and mugs and stuff that just say like Aretha and Mariah and Celine and Gloria and Shania and uh, featuring Carol (laughs) for all the people in Divas Live 1998. And I'm so excited. It was like my favorite because you guys have seen that like uh, you guys have seen that design sort of set up before. So I've always wanted to do that where it was like the Divas Live 1998 cast. I love it. We have some cute uh, Mariah All I Want for Christmas type stuff uh, where it's just the cutest image. We have, you know, the Brady Bunch movie when Marsha, she does that sure jam. We have some super funny sure jam stuff. And Matt just made the cutest graphics. I love it. So it's on Society6. So if you go to society6.com slash Danny Pellegrino, or just search Danny Pellegrino on Society6, and you'll see all this stuff, and I have a little store, and I'll post it on my social media and stuff. But this stuff's really cute, and you can order it for Christmas gifts, and uh, there's you can get Christmas cards on there, and there's all sorts of fun stuff. And just know that I was hesitant to do it. I didn't want to seem like I'm trying to, I don't know, I felt just sort of gross doing it at first. And then I decided, you know what, let's just have some fun with it, and let's make some stuff that I would really actually want. And not just try to sell you guys some shit. I mean, I don't want to sell you guys bullshit stuff. I want you guys to like it. So we try to make it really cool, fun, good quality stuff. And Society6 is always usually pretty good quality. So I'm hoping that all the the end product is super high quality. Like I said, I ordered a bunch of it, so I'm going to be getting all of it. But it all looks good. I mean, I've ordered from them before, and it's always great. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it. But so go there and buy it and buy some friends some gifts. And follow Matt on social media on Instagram. He's at Mr. Punk to you. At M-R-P-U-N-K, the number two, U. Because he's the one that designed all that stuff. And he's like the brilliant graphic guy. I just, I'm the brains behind the operation. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, if he's the graphics, he's the brains, right? So I'm not sure what I do. I'm the one who's like, make a Divas Live 1998 tote bag. <laughs> Gosh. You know, it's, it's funny. It's like... I just want nine, Divas Live 1998 merchandise, and there's no other way to, to get it unless I make it myself. So here we are. Here we are. Okay, so now all that, that stuff's out of the way. I'm going to get to my interview with Jimmy. If you're in New York, go see a show. We're going to be talking all about it. Go follow him on social media at Jimmy Fowley. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Pellegrino. 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Jimmy Fowley. Love you guys. Oh, I'll probably say goodbye, too, at the end of the interview, too. So this isn't, this isn't quite goodbye. <laughs> Just hello. All right, guys, I am here with Jimmy Fowley. Now, if you don't know Jimmy, you need to know him because he is so brilliant. He's so hilarious. And he's starring in a show called So Long Boulder, Colorado. Colorado, right? So long, Boulder City. Boulder City, yeah, yeah. So you guys know the movie Loud. That'll be my, that'll be my follow-up show, So Long, Colorado. Yeah. And I'll do it only in Colorado. Please do. Credit me, please. Yeah. Um, okay, explain what it is. <laughs> um, so basically, first of all, thanks for having me yeah, on. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. The show, just, I got the idea because I, um, when I saw La La Land, I actually loved it. And I think you said you were like, I did. I yeah. love it unironically. Yeah, me too. And it's funny because I think a lot of people who... Well, I'll go in a second and explain this to you. Yeah. But basically, I saw the show. I loved it. But the only part that stood out to me was that um, in La La Land, uh, Emma Stone's character has this one-woman show. And it kind of looks like a piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah, like it looks like, wait, what is this show? It's like, it's written by herself. It's directed by herself. Um, she performs it. No one comes. That little black box. Yeah, this tiny black yeah. box. She quits her job to do the show. It's like, wait, why did you quit your job? Like, your coffee job. Yeah. It was like a you're, coffee shop. You didn't have to quit it. Yeah, so there was like a lot of all these questionable things. She did the show, and literally people were walking out of there saying, oh my god, that show was so bad. And she like cries, and she gives up on her dreams and moves home. Yeah. And then it turns out that a huge casting agent was there, saw the show, and was like, come to Hollywood, audition for this thing, this huge movie that has no script and it films yeah. in New York and just tell us about your mentally ill aunt. So how did you decide? What, what, what was the impetus to be like, I'm going to make that show? Oh, you know what? I just thought it was so weird. And... So wait, just to back up, your show okay. is that is show. Is that show? Oh, wait, yeah. thank you. Okay. This is how bad I am at describing things no. that I work on. I'm like, I'm like, you should know what my life is. <laughs> um, so I actually wrote her show. From beginning to end, along with Jordan Black, who is a, so funny, I mean, the most hysterical comedian, and he, um, I had worked with him at Groundlings, and we had worked on this web series called Gogo Boy Interrupted, yeah, and then, um, which is great if you've never seen it, go on, it's on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah it's on YouTube. There's two seasons. You'll get to see me as a man, as yeah. opposed to my current role as um, Emma Stone's character, because I play yeah. Emma Stone's character, yeah. Um, so we full just, drag. You're you know, in full drag. I'm show. full drag. It's, it's just not very you. good. If you're a drag queen and you like see the show, please like be gentle because I like don't know how to do makeup. No, you look beautiful. Aww, yeah, thank you. I literally have that like thought where I'm like, do you, do straight men find me attractive as a woman? <laughs> and then like I'm reminded so quickly that they're like, no, it's actually really upsetting. Oh me. my yeah. god, no! Like, I you know you Matt good. Cook. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like Matt Cook, who's our me and Danny's friend, sent me like a text message and he was like. This because there was a picture of me as Mia Stone's Mia uh, Emma Stone's character went online, and he sent me a screenshot. He was like, "This is just so upsetting to me." <laughs> he you know he said, "This devastates me." Oh my god! <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, maybe like a straight guy is gonna yeah. like reach out and be like, "We should like hook up." Did you have the wig? Because um, we know each other a little bit from Groundlings, yeah. the improv and mm-hmm. sketch comedy theater. And, uh, of course, we all have a bunch of wigs. We, Yeah, I have yeah. something. I was actually cleaning out my closet because I'm moving to... So I'm moving to New York to do the show, yeah. which is so fucking... It's I, so exciting. It's so ironic. It's so yeah. exciting, but it's so ironic because... Anyway, so to answer your question, we I got the idea. I was like, oh, I should um, write her show because it could be so weird and random and I could like look for clues about what it's about in the movie and do it and it could be just fun. And then I was like, 
Jimmy Fowley, you are not going to write a one-woman show. Like, at this time, I was, like, teaching improv and, like, yeah. was, like, poor. And I was going to I was gonna promise myself I wouldn't do another creative project. I would just, like, teach, make money, watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> try to get a boyfriend. The dream, yeah. Yeah, you know, just, like, have a low-key summer. And then I was, like, I just, on Facebook, I was, like, if I rented a really shithole theater and performed you know, her Emma Stone's one woman show from La La Land, would you come and see it? And then my friends were like so supportive, they're like, Oh my god, you have to, it'd be so funny. And then I was like, Okay, like I'll just do it. Cause you know, when you get an idea, you just gotta I some I sometimes I feel like you just have to do the idea, even if it's bad and it's get seemed, it out of your system. Yeah, it seemed daunting. And even when I was memorizing it, it's like an hour and seven minutes of just me talking. And so when I was memorizing it, I was like, Jimmy, this is so obnoxious. Like, you should be writing a pilot. You should be, like, working towards... Because I was just going to do it once for my friends as, like, an inside joke. And then when we, like, announced the show, it started blowing up. Like, it was in People Magazine, and it was, like, and all these blogs, and then, like, Emma Stone's mom heard about it, and she had her Emma Stone's manager reach out to me to get tickets. Like, I was like... What, what is, is happening? Going on? Yeah. yeah, and it was so cool. Um, and it's so good. So, how long did you run in LA? We ran, you're still running now. Yeah, we're, we, we just finished. We okay. just finished this past Monday, um, and so we ran from like July until you know just this week. And then now it's moving to New York. And so yeah, so uh, New York producer who produced some stuff like that show Oh Hello on Broadway, mm-hmm. he reached out and. Um, was like, oh, we should do this show in New York, and then we ended up getting an investor, and it was like, it was like months of like, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Because when he first said I want to take this show to New York, I was like, I guess I should just like pack my so pads. long LA. Yeah, like I was like, it's a done deal, and he's like, yeah, we just have to get an investor to raise, um, you know, two hundred two hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, what? Wow. Why? That's so much money. So what is um, the, mo- the the money oh, for the, the theater, theater and yeah. advertisement? Like I yeah. like I, I'm so ignorant to like theater, but like theater is like a whole yeah. industry. Like you have a show, if it feels like it can sell, it goes to New York, and then like yeah. you know, stage manager like my salary. Um, that is yeah. so exciting. So how long are you going to be doing it? We have here? a set designer, Danny. Oh my god! Literally, uh, we're gonna have the exact same set that Emma Stone had. Like you know, oh my the, god, with the um, sparkling lights in the back. Oh my god! Yeah. Now I want to see. Now I want to fly to New come York. Come to New York! Oh my god! I'm going to be there at the beginning of January, so maybe I'll try to. I mean, no, come. no it's, pressure. It's going to be till January sixth. You said Is that January twentieth. Right now, oh, it, okay. it has okay. a. Um, I guess in New York, what they do is that like they'll run it for a smaller time, so people will come see and they won't wait to the end, and then okay. they announce it like the show has been extended, but it's really always meant to. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, but. That's the truth. So oh if you're God, listening to this so podcast, exciting. you know the inside scoop about theater. <laughs> oh my God. Now when I saw it, it's so good. I loved it. Thank you. I loved it. Thanks it's so funny. Coming. Everything about it is just so hysterical and it's just you and you captivate the audience for how long is it? An hour? And... It's an hour. It's like seven minutes. Yeah. And it's like, it flies by. Thank I could you. have taken another two hours <laughs> of it. I mean, I just wanted it to go on forever. That finale, I don't want to spoil it, but the electric slide mm-hmm. stuff, I just tears in my eyes uh, and um it. melissa mccarthy was yeah. there when i was there the night i was there she was in the row in front of me how crazy was that oh and actually did? i have a good i have a good story about when i saw it oh my god i can't wait so i hadn't been out in a while and i had this new outfit that i was like really excited to wear because oh, i know where the story <laughs> do you know where this yeah. is going yeah and i had this new hat i was like you know i was excited i hadn't worn this hat 
So I get to the theater and I, you know, the thing where it was like, I felt like people were looking at me like, and that in my head, I was like, don't, you're being conceited. Like, you know, but in my, then I was like, maybe I just look good tonight. Like I'm wearing this new hat, this new outfit, you know, you gotta look good. And also I, I'm like, Melissa McCarthy's in the row in front of me. Like people aren't looking at me. They're looking at her. right? <laughs> so then, you know, your show ends. I'm feeling like people kind of glance up at me. And then finally someone goes, fuck Trump. And then my friend, our friend Jenna, she's like, oh, I think it's because your hat looks like a Make America Great Again hat. It was just a plain red hat. It didn't have any lettering on it, right? There was no lettering. It was just like a plain red hat. It looked, I can attest that I thought when I saw you, I thought you were wearing it ironically. I thought it was like a Trump supporting hat. And I thought like maybe you were doing it just to be like, make a a statement. As soon as I saw that it didn't have writing on it, but it was like, it was like iconic. (laughs) I burned it since. Um, But yeah, somebody was like, fuck Trump. And I'm like, yeah, fuck him. Um, and then my friend was like, um, no, it's your hat. And I was like, oh my God, like, am I wear, am I wearing like a Trump hat? Like he ruined red hats. Yeah. He just, he ruined <laughs> he it. He ruined them. Yeah. It was awful. That so, is so funny. Um, I love that. So that maybe happened. people weren't looking at me, but I, I felt like they were thinking like, who's this? Tra-? And I mean, it's such a liberal audience because, yeah. you know, you're in drag. I'm in drag. It's like, it's such an inside yeah. joke. Cause it's like, what? I don't know. It, and also it's so relatable to like people in theater who've done like, shows or who live in LA so it's like this tiny little bubble of people I like and even when I wrote it I just wrote it for my friends like I wasn't like if you had told me like okay you're gonna do the show and you're gonna actually do it for four months and then you're gonna go to New York and perform off Broadway I would be like that's fucking insane that's like it doesn't even make any sense because like the intention was just like do it for fun and that's why I think like it's also a good reminder like to write whatever things yeah. whatever you think is really funny and not worry about how it's going to be received you know I, I remember hearing a thing and i'm sure you've heard this too it's like think about your three best friends and and write for them don't worry I about that don't worry about you know someone in fucking ohio or whatever yeah it's like just totally. write for your three best friends and then you'll find other people and that's i found that online too it's like i was just gonna say like what's your experience because obviously like your in your instagram it wasn't meant you didn't have the intention to blow up right like yeah no no just, no like, doing funny things like. actually it was after um we both come from groundlings and it was after i finished groundlings like for people that don't know it's a it's like a school and program and at the end of the program, they either cut you or they you go on to Sunday Company, mm-hmm. which is a, a performance on Sunday. And um, I got cut from the program and I was like devastated, depressed. Mm. And I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not going to perform anymore. I'm not going to, I was like, maybe I'll write a little mm-hmm. bit. And so I started doing social media as a way to like have a creative outlet, but yeah. something like from the comfort of my bed where mm-hmm. it was like I could be depressed. Yeah, totally. Oh <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was just doing what I like. And I noticed like when I... Uh, post something that I thought was funny. It was like, oh, other people think that's funny, and yeah. then it catches on. And it's so, such a specific thing. The stuff I do is very. It's all like female celebrity. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's your niche. So yeah, I just was kind of doing what I thought was good, and then yeah. and people ask me all the time, they're like, what, you know, how do you make stuff go viral? Or, or I've been working with some like larger companies and stuff, uh-huh. and they've been coming to me like, Can, how do you make content that goes viral? And it's like, well, you just kind of have to have a specific point of view and there's no real algorithm to yeah. it but it's so funny that you say that because when i'm i've met with companies in the past to do like when they want to do sketch idea and they always say the same thing they're like we want this idea to go viral and you're yeah. like as if you're like oh 
Okay, okay. well, let me just grab my <laughs> my vi- my notebook of viral ideas. Because yeah. I didn't know if you wanted it to go viral or just not. Or just no and one watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you, I think it's just more than ever, like, you just do stuff that you love. And that's like, like you said, like a specific point of view. And if you're like, I don't know, I just feel like that's so gross. You can almost feel it when something's like desperate for like likes or shares. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Like, it just turns you off as opposed to like just do it for you and the expression. And yeah. One and thing- some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. You yeah. know, there's certain bits that I think I'll be funny or work and it's like, mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny how like ideas will just, people will connect to them. And, and also some, to your point about like going through groundlings, like I also had the experience of getting cut from groundlings, like which it is, a, it's just like such a competitive and it's heartbreaking because you just love the community and you're there so long. And, I was waiting to find out about... Because um, you were in Sunday Company. Yeah, for... I was in S- Sunday. So basically, like Danny said, there's Advanced, which you do all five levels of improv. You li- It takes five years, six years, and then... And that last level is so intense. I mean, you're spending so much time at the theater, writing, yeah. performing. Nonstop. Like, yeah. it's your life. Yeah. And you love everyone, and you love... And you're not getting paid, too. Yeah, you're you're paying them. Paid. Yeah, you're paying them. <laughs> yeah. And then when you get if you do get invited to Sunday company it's like six months of non-stop writing sketches and doing sketch shows and then if you go a year and a half you know you can get renewed every six months they'll either cut you or invite you to stay which again is inviting you to not be paid mm-hmm. to perform material which like you learn a lot but like once you're out of it you're like what the fuck like, <laughs> spending well, so I was, much money I was spending so much money and like I was performing for this theater and I wasn't getting a dime like yeah. now I'm like such like I'm so different. I'm like, I, when someone's like, would you perform the show? I'm like, oh God, I just hate not getting paid, you know? Yeah. But anyways. And, and, and it's then, emotionally yeah, so taxing. It's, um, yeah. But um, at the end of my year and a half, I ended up um, getting cut. Like I didn't get invited into the main company and it was really like sad, yeah. you know? Cause you feel like, oh, I thought I was doing well and these people were rooting for me. But um, and ultimately. Then you, I think you think, I mean, Along the way, throughout this program and, and schooling and, and doing these sketch shows, people will tell you, don't do it for SNL. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, don't do it to get on SNL. But of course, like everyone, it's like only sort of natural where you think like, well, I'm going to be the exception. I'm going to get on SNL. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get, or like another kind of job yeah. like that, where it's like, oh, someone's going to just cast me on a TV show. Yeah. And then you go through it. And when that doesn't happen after five, six years of it, it's like, wait. What did I just spend all that time doing? Yeah. You got all that money doing. Totally. And I think it helps you figure out what you want to do and it helps you like kind of hone your voice. But, um, and the connections too. you meet people. And I mean, people like you, when, when you did go, go boy interrupted, it was like you or this show, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you're, you meet people with a similar mindset of like creating work Mm -hmm. for themselves and then casting other people or bringing other people on board as writers yeah um, you know so it's a great community and that totally. in that aspect i think that was the best part about yeah, groundlings same. yeah yeah well thank you for joining us in our groundlings podcast where we talk about our <laughs> there was a groundlings <laughs> podcast for like was a minute there? i think oh, yeah. yeah i think david hoffman did it right i don't know if it's it might still be on it i don't think so i get ptsd do you from yeah, it. yeah that's been talking very about common. it we were talking about snl you didn't you audition for snl yeah my when i was in sunday company like yeah. um the producers came to the show to see our show and then a few days later so and they they came all the time they would come Mm -hmm. like every six months to like see who the new people were and um 
So it wasn't so crazy that they were there. It's like yeah. a little bit exciting. Like you have butterflies. You're like, oh, what if? But so you knew ahead of time that they were there. I knew that they okay. were there. Yeah, and then um, and then I got my manager at the time called me on Monday and was like, at so, the time, is he, he's yeah, not, we, yeah, we no longer work together. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, we, like he called me and he's like, so trip out. Um, SNL wants you to audition in front of Lauren Michaels. That's so exciting. He's coming um, in a week to LA. Oh, so he came to the show. He came to LA. He came in and, uh. and he asked like different people. There's people from UCB there. Um, there was actually some people who are on the show, like, um, Beck Bennett. Oh um, yeah. Um, John Milheiser was that there. He was on for one year. Noel Wells was on one year. Yeah. Um, Brooks Whelan who was on, mm-hmm. he's not on a lot of these people only had one year, but like still like, yeah, there was like 14 of us. And of the 14, like I think six of those people got on the show. Wow. And it was so crazy because I remember watching an episode and all these people who just a week, like two weeks ago, we were all equal standing backstage and now they're on SNL and I was like applying for babysitting jobs. Oh my God. Like, isn't it so, so crazy? Cra- it's so just like, you know. Yeah. And now Heidi's on it. Yeah. Heidi Ooh, Heidi's so oh, brilliant. Oh God, she's doing such yeah, a good she job. She just last week, she had that sketch. What was it? Um, on the, she did a weekend update sketch. I Heidi that. Gardner, who yeah. we know from Groundlings. The it nicest was so person. funny. Yeah. She's so nice and so hysterical and she just had the best character. Did she do that character? She did. Yeah, the other woman, every, every boxer's wife. Yeah. yeah. Oh my she God. It was, was so great. good. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned that Melissa McCarthy was at the show. Oh, I went to. And it's a funny story about when she came because like, it was so weird because like, Celebrities just started coming. Yeah, like, name who else came? Um, Helen Hunt. Helen came. Hunt. I love uh, a I love a Hunt. A Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, Holly who, Hunter. By the way, she sat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she Helen sat Hunt. in the second row. Literally, I was like doing the show, and the theater's so small, I can see pretty much everyone's oh face. And I was like, I was like, is that Helen Hunt? Mid, mid yeah. like monologue. That's as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was thinking about that while yeah, you were talking. I'm like, I'm gonna give that good as yeah. it gets joke. My t- like, all of a sudden in that that show she was at, a timer started going off. Um, in a you know like uh, someone's cell phone, and it was like doing the show, and it kept going off and going off. I mean, I'm talking like a full minute and a half. Yeah, and I was like that is so rude like who leaves their phone on and I was like really just like distracted then I realized it was my phone it was going off in the dressing room and I had set a reminder for my um meter outside the theater and it was going off and I literally did not know what to do because it's a one person show there's no one in the back and I literally was like should I like walk and also it's funny I've had like 10 years of improv training so you think I would think of something funny to <laughs> say like feet. like oh my god like as in character like sorry my phone's going off it must be my agent or something like funny or like yeah. tongue in cheek and instead I said nothing I did not oh acknowledge it and it was um eventually someone from the theater ran back and like yeah. turned off but it was like so unprofessional. I was um, like, I'm but she still loved it. She, I saw on her Instagram like the next day she posted, yeah, oh, was, "Go see the show." Yeah, it was so nice. Was, we were yeah. so lucky because that like just made it seem like this. It just helped it so much. And um, Kevin Nealon came from oh, SNL. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Annie Mumolo, who's friends with, um, she was there the night I was yeah. there with Melissa McCarthy. Melissa yeah. McCarthy, um, Wendy McClendon Covey, who's great. Oh and my like, god, I uh, love her on the she's Goldbergs. The best. She's so she's funny. so funny and yeah. so nice and supportive. And and then other people just like that we kind of knew through going through Groundlings, like mm-hmm. Jillian Bell came and um, um, uh, Terry uh, Sherry O'Terry. Oh yeah, yeah. From SNL came. 
Am I saying her name right? Yeah, Sherry O'Terry. Okay, for some reason I, I had to think about yeah. it for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, who I like obviously always loved as a growing she up. She did the Spartan like, cheerleaders yeah. with Will Ferrell. Yeah, she's like I, like very very talented and um, and then yeah, so it was just really crazy. Um, oh, and Constant Constance Wu. Oh yeah, from you, Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, yeah she's t- great. Yeah, she tweeted me. She was like, "Oh my god, it was so funny." And I, I when when they come, I'm like, I I I always have the same reaction. I'm like. How did you how, how did you even know about this? Sh- even though it's so like, good, yeah. I mean, I guess I need to get over it. But it was yeah. a funny story when Melissa came. I was someone from the theater was like, had you met her from Groundlings? Never before? met her. Okay, literally just she's a huge inspiration and like yeah, hilarious she's so performer. Good. Yeah. Just like she to me, she's I might as well be like, even though she did the Groundlings, I might as well be like a fan of hers from Idaho. Like I have yeah. no <laughs> direct line to her. Okay. Yeah. So she um, comes. So, the th- so I'm practicing before we open. A theater intern comes and starts putting up, like taping off chairs, and we do this bit. I'll just say it here. Um, hopefully, it doesn't spoiler take alert. Away. Spoiler alert! 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 <laughs> alert! <laughs> we like tape off one of the chairs every show to for Sebastian because in her actual show, Emma Stone, she. Um, Saved the seat for Sebastian and for for Ryan, Ryan Gosling yeah. character, and he never came. So she, um, uh, so the intern comes and she starts taping off chairs, and I kind of didn't love that because we had all decided that we wouldn't do that just to so people it would draw focus to the fact that he wasn't there because if you have a bunch of taped off chairs, you don't even notice that one's taped off. So we wanted to not do it. So I was like, oh, hey, we're not really taping off chairs just because of the show. She's like, oh, yeah, we we had a call and someone requested that we tape off the chairs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm like, and I was like, do you know who it is? Like, I'm literally thinking, like, it's the owner of the theater's aunt. Yeah, you yeah. know, like someone around and she just looks at me, like, matter of factly, and she's just like, um, Melissa McCarthy. And I was just like, why? Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> she's coming. Like, it was so, like, crazy to me, and but so, so cool. Exciting. Yeah. She saw me in my Trump hat. Yeah. Um, what if she was like, fuck you? Maybe she was the one who yelled, fuck Trump. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love that we're in a culture where, like, he's so hated that, like, you just would say that. I know, but also, like, I can't even imagine that people would think I was, I mean, I'm, like, devastated that people thought yeah. I was wearing a Trump supporting hat. Well, a lot of people know you voted for him. <sighs> Don't say it on the podcast. <laughs> Don't. Don't paint me in that, that would light. be such a funny, a funny that would reveal. be such a funny thing. Like your, like all your like work, all your stuff that you produce, all your content, and deep down you're just this like Trump loving oh person. Um, I have family members that voted for Trump. It was like devastating. I you even talked to them. I did for a while. It was so hard. I mean, my family all lives in Northeast Ohio, and for a while, did it was they just, listen to the podcast? No, they, my mom doesn't understand. And actually, yesterday she just um, she started following me on Instagram recently. She never did before. And people, because people would tell her, like, oh, he posts funny things or whatever. Yeah. And so she finally, like, followed me, and she's keeps giving me notes. <gasps> and her and saying? my dad give me notes. They, like, my dad really wants me to start doing more slapstick. Like, they don't get it. They don't understand oh my memes. God. Like, they don't, they don't get it. So. Your parents could single-handedly destroy your brand. Like, oh, yeah, Can you yeah. imagine, like, weird slapstick stuff? Or giving them, yeah, like, just giving them my password and being like, you guys post what you think is good. You should, I should do, do that. You should do should that for do a that. week and just be like, my parents oh my were convinced that they could do this better. So like for one week, I just want you to see, and people would get oh such God. a kick out of it because it would be That's so good. insane. Maybe I'll do that when I go home for Christmas or something. Yeah. yeah. They don't get it. My mom doesn't understand like memes because she's confused. Like when it says something at the top of a clip and then it's like, 
she just doesn't get it. <laughs> and she thinks, she keeps saying, like... What is, what is she confused by when it says something at the top of the clip? When it says, like, uh, going in to work on Friday, like, dot, dot, dot. And then it's a clip of, you know, someone dancing or doing something stupid. She, like, just doesn't get that the the clip is, like, the surrogate for me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, I can't explain memes to her. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't get it. And then she also thinks I should I should broaden the audience because... And it's, like, her way of saying it's too gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, she's like, maybe, would you ever think about, like, doing other people? Like, doing other stuff? And it's like, well... Because I only do female celebrities. It's like... Yeah. Very, very rarely I'll have any sort of male, like, mm. male celebrity. Because to me, and mostly it's housewives, but mm. but otherwise it's, like, pop divas. And, and to me, it's more interesting because they're sort of the underdog in the mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. So it's, like, a, a thing with Leonardo DiCaprio isn't as funny as, you know, a, a female celebrity that's, like, a little past their prime yeah. or something. But so she, her way of saying, like, it's too gay is, like, well, maybe you should do other people. And then, yeah, like I said, my dad always is, like you should do more slapstick stuff. And it's like, how am I going to do slapstick? You want me to like fall on a banana peel or something? Yeah. Wow. That's so they just so don't funny. get it. Do your parents, do they, have they seen? They do like, they, they don't get What do they my, think of your stuff? They think my my stuff is like upsetting. Like yeah. they just like, cause it's so dark, like my sense of humor and it's like, and it's like trash. It's like, mm-hmm. like that's just the stuff I think's funny, you yeah. know? And like my, the web series I did, which was based on like, cause I used to be a go-go dancer. Like yeah. Go-go boy interrupted. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, was partying a lot and drinking a lot, doing drugs. Like, just, I, I don't know. Like, I was, like, I, I'm totally not this person anymore because I don't party anymore. But, like, like I, like, broke my arm in a fist fight. And, like, I was just so, like, angry and, yeah. like, you know, tragic. And so, like, um, so a lot of the stuff that I think is funny is, like, more in that world of, like, um, it's just not, like, family friendly. And so, um my even when my mom found out about this off-broadway show she's like she's like get me three tickets for the front for opening night in the front row and i was like i was like mom you don't even like my comedy um and she's like you're right <laughs> oh my God. i literally thought she was gonna i was fishing i wanted her to be like yeah you know i th- oh it's gonna be great or blah 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 she's like i know oh. Oh, she, she didn't say you're right she said i know yeah but um yeah i just don't think I started doing something with Comedy Central, and I told my mom, like, oh, they hired me to, to do some content for them or whatever. She's like... What are you doing? She's Can like, for what? Me? Like, what do you mean? I'm just doing content. Like, I, I'm making basically a lot of the memes and stuff I do for my social media, I'm mm-hmm. doing for Broad City. Like, oh, on great. Their social. And maybe, oh, that's so perfect. Maybe some other shows, but I've already... I've done a few that at, that they've posted, and um, she's like, why? Why are they... What, what are you... Like, she just doesn't... She doesn't even know... Does she at least acknowledge that you're popular? She... Uh, no. Because literally, <laughs> you you have a, like, a... There's, like, tens of thousands of people who are, like, going to your... You it's know, weird, because I think compared to, like, a lot of those, like, meme accounts, I'm relatively small. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so she just doesn't. She doesn't get it. She yeah. doesn't. Which is fine. It's almost better. But it. I hate that she even follows me now, because yeah. I'm like, I don't need these notes. Totally. Like, I'm gonna block you. Yeah. I have a question for you. Do yeah. you ever feel like, is it exhausting? Because, like, with social media, it's always, like, about finding the new thing. And even if you have a video that's, like, everyone's loving, it's super popular, people are tagging each other, the next day, it's, you're, like, back at square one. Do, oh, yeah, it is. How do yeah. you stay, like, relevant? How do you, are you just watching a lot of TV? Are you, like... I mean, I watch feel- a lot. I absorb so much anyway, so it's, like, I'm not... Some days it does get exhausting where it's, like, 
I know the analytics of it and how to grow and everything. So it's like, I know that you're supposed to post every day and be consistent. But then it's like, some days I just don't have anything interesting Mm -hmm. to post or funny. But then, you know, I'm also relying it for other opportunities. So I've had a lot of other like job stuff come from this. So it's like, which is, which is also, sorry to interrupt, but like so cool because it's like, it just helps reinforce that like, you don't know what avenue like you if you're doing stuff and creating stuff and like doing what you love that's funny it's not for nothing like you can get another job like our friend dylan field who like you know dylan right yeah yeah he like got a social media opportunity he was always posting the funniest stuff on facebook like yeah and then through like a mutual connection like now he's working like over at nbc doing social media stuff but like to our parents all our time on instagram on facebook posting about stuff they're like that's so like you need to get a job you need to go out you need to do something it's like no like that's not the yeah. world anymore yeah totally i mean and when i first started doing it i got a lot of people being like what are you doing this for this well, doesn't make any really? sense like especially like family family it's, it's particularly family but you know i kind of had the bigger picture in mind and i was like i think i see some opportunity from this mm-hmm. and then you know but to your question earlier it's like i'm getting opportunities with networks and stuff mm-hmm. and it's like i feel even more pressure now to keep up with gotcha it. so it's like i know that i gotta keep posting because you know i'm up for other jobs and mm-hmm. i'm trying to get a, i have a part-time office job now and i'm like trying to get out of it completely i was mm-hmm. full-time and i was able to transition so i'm trying to get out of it completely and then also now i'm trying to like with the podcast and with some other things i've been branching out and like putting myself out there more mm-hmm. instead of just doing memes and that's been challenging to be yeah. like i i don't want to be annoying but i also want to put myself out there so yeah i'm trying to i think it's also how you stay like relevant like you you basically are just like trying new things cuz i think like it's like people talk about those people when computers first came out there was those people who didn't buy them because they're like, well, I don't need mm-hmm. it. And it's like, can you imagine that you're that person who the is loan hold out? Yeah, yeah. The loan hold up who literally is so behind, doesn't know anything, does get scared to turn a computer on because they're afraid they're going to do the wrong thing. Whereas like, even in our fields or like being creative, like just having that openness to dabble in different things and not mm-hmm. do it perfectly, but try it, you know, and, yeah, like, putting yourself out there. Yeah, I think so many people stop themselves because they're like, well, I'm afraid it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be good every time. And a lot of times it will not be good, but you just have to get past it. And that's okay. Every sketch I've ever filmed, I thought this is going to be a a nightmare. This is going to be horrible. No one will get this. And I've wanted to stop myself, but I'm just like, Jimmy, just do it. Just like put it out there. Yeah. Cause there's, I think that finishing an idea is actually like one of the most important parts of the equation that people don't really talk about as much that like just go from start to finish there's so many people, especially in LA, who will like talk about these ideas and these plans, and then they never happen. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's important to just do it. Totally. Oh, oh, this <laughs> is something I want to talk to you about, and this is, I'm really excited to talk about this. So, my all-time favorite show, like mm. more than anything ever that's ever been done ever, is the comeback mm. starring Lisa Kudrow. It was on HBO for two seasons. There was one season back in like 2000 four ish or 2003 somewhere around there and then like 10 years later season two came which was this was two years ago i think Mm -hmm. or something like that three years ago so there's been two seasons it's lisa kudrow and it is the best thing that's ever been done Mm -hmm. and you were in an episode of season two yes and i remember it was really hard so we talked about like groundlings depression (laughs) 
your episode aired like right after I finished. Oh my god. And so it was like and the episode is about Lisa Kudrow's character, Valerie Cherish, going to the groundlings and doing improv. And so like I was so excited to watch this show because I loved it so much and it was coming back after ten years. <laughs> and then there was this episode where it was like people I knew. Uh with Valerie Cherish at the Groundlings Theater, and I was like, "Oh my god, it was so hard to watch." It was so beautiful and also so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But um, but you were in it. You were with you were doing improv with Valerie Cherish. Yeah, tell me everything about that. Um, so, or do you have from, any good stories about? Well, th- I mean, I feel like I am like you. Like I watched that show when it came out in college. Was obsessed so with it. Like it perfect. was my obsession. Yeah. It, it's just a perfect show. It's so funny. It's so cringeworthy. Like she is the most dynamic character because she's so desperate and like like the um character Valerie Cher- Cherish she, she's so desperate to be hip and young but she's also super uncomfortable she's trying to seem like she's laid back but she's also trying to control everything around her this episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism now y'all know I'm from the Midwest but I've lived in California for so long and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all 
Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. And it's like, don't you think also gay men relate to this character? Oh, 100%. Why do we like all relate to her, do you think? If you had a guess. Gosh, I think um, it's an underdog thing, and she mm-hmm. doesn't quite fit in. I mean, as a female actress, and this is... I. I always think about female actresses, especially the ones that are, like, a little past their prime. It's like they don't quite fit in their world of, like, acting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're not... Gosh, there was that sketch on Amy Schumer that was, like, the last fuckable days. Yeah. And um, so it's like I, I feel like these older women are, are like, the, her character that she portrayed, she's, like, a little outside of her industry. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. And I think gay men always feel, like, a little outside of the... And also gay men love women. Like, oh, in, yeah, in yeah. the most, like, just... Yeah, right? Don't you totally. think, like... And we're so, I think gay men are so, and gay people overall, but, like, so loyal to our, like, icons and our females. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't go anywhere. Like, even Britney. Like, her fucking, like, and I don't, are you you a fan of her or not? Um, I'm not, like, a Britney stan. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like, they say stan. I'm, like, a Mariah stan. So, I'm, like... I feel that way about Mariah, where yeah. I'm like, I will defend her totally. to the death. I, I've, like, <laughs> I've ruined relationships. Like, I had really? a friend who insulted Mariah, and yeah. it was like, I haven't talked to him since. Like, really? <laughs> I mean, okay. we were sort of on the outs yeah. anyway, and there was, like, other issues, but it was like, he, it, that was the nail in the coffin, was like, wow. he said something about Mariah, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Yeah. It was one step too far. Mm-hmm. And can I don't I, mind if it's, like, a yeah. fan of Mariah. Yeah. I can handle it. Well, can I ask you, because yeah. I'm actually curious, like, What's your take on her, like, performance lately? Because, like, there are all yeah. those memes going around about her, like, kind of yeah. rolling around, doing the bare minimum. And, and understandably. I, and I was, I was a huge fan growing up. And now, like, her persona has almost, like, put put me, pushed me back a little bit. Because yeah. I'm like, I love how, by the way, I'm, like, being like, gay men will stand by our women no matter what. And I'm like, I actually no, no longer support this person. Like, I'm here to defend her. her. Uh, but like, I, what's your take? Is she is she over it? I think she what's just needs she needs whole... new management. For first of all, like for Stella, she was with this woman Stella, who was her manager. Is that the videos you sent me? Where's that woman? Or was that the PR person that like was? Oh crazy? no, that was Cindy Berger. Uh, oh my god, that's good too though. Can you tell your like the listeners about that woman because it's yeah. so worth? Okay, yeah, Cindy Berger. So Cindy Berger used to be her manager. And Cindy ran a tight ship. She's like a bulldog. Yeah, she like, and she still manages people, but not Mariah. But she managed Mariah back in like the butterfly era, which was 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So she was tough. And so I think I sent you the clip where she was being interviewed by MTV News. (laughs) Uh, I forget the woman's name that was interviewing her. But Cindy Berger is just in the background, like yelling at the interviewee about like the questions being asked i mean cindy ran a tight ship there's so many great clips of cindy and mariah but then so recently mariah had this woman stella who was like a reality tv producer before and 
she was managing Mariah and I feel like she just wasn't good for Mariah at all. And she How just so? recently left like this last week. Well, what about a, her wasn't good about it? She was the one who kind of pushed Mariah to do that reality show because she was a reality TV producer. Mm-hmm. And I think, this is my opinion, was that she, they were pushing her to do too many shows. And so she was doing all these shows and they, the clips from these shows were going viral because they were so bad. And it was like, just mm-hmm. don't make her perform at all yeah. these things. Like, let her do... And she's like an icon now. She should have... She should be sitting back. Gosh, I don't think she should not be performing. Mm -hmm. The Vegas residency was good. Like, let her just do the Vegas residency. She shouldn't be touring. Mm -hmm. She's doing a Christmas tour now, which I think is is fine. I'm I'm going to the show. (laughs) I'm going to. But... And when you see her perform, Jenny, what is your experience? Are you... It's also hit and miss, because sometimes she does do good performances. So some of these clips that have gone viral, they're they're terrible. But I saw her a couple of like two years ago in Vegas and her voice sounded great. It's not what it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And that's a fact that we're, I have to accept. <laughs> I go to bed at night and I have to accept. <laughs> but, but it's also so funny hearing you say it. Cause it's like, you think like people going to a show, it's like, they gave me everything. They blew me away. It was incredible. Um, and it's more like the feeling it's like, Oh, it was great. You know, it was fine. Do you have to go? No, no, I'm, I'm actually, they pushed it back. Oh, um, great. Uh, yeah, just kick me out whenever. Sorry, if, no, if you don't I, cut this, you guys I did not need listen to know that Danny, just, Danny <laughs> just picked up his phone, was mentally checked out because he has a phone call any second now. But emotionally, I was there because I'm always there emotionally with Mariah. Oh, well, all, all I was going to say... Also, I, sh- I have to mention they're sending me a bunch of stuff, so I have to be nice to Mariah. Oh, Mariah? They're, like, Who's sending, sending me, like, you stuff? There's her like sugar factory line. She has like a line of candy. How do they even know about you? Because I like post too much about Mariah. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Now, do you like the movie La La Land? Because here's my thing. I'm going to cut you off before you even start talking. Yeah. No. Uh, I just watched it last night, and I I do love it I, uh, unironically. Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people hate it, and I get it, but I also hate almost the entire middle. So I love, like, the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love up through the song Someone in the Crowd. Okay. So it's, like, first 15 minutes. So you basically don't like when they connect. Yeah, I fall okay. asleep, like, that whole middle... Mm-hmm. I just don't, I've watched this movie a thousand, like a lot of times because I do like that. I always put it on and then I basically either fall asleep or turn it off yep. after that someone in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then I reawaken when she's in her audition doing the, my aunt used to live in Paris. Oh, so that's the end. Yeah. So I really, when I say so I love it, I really like 20 it. minutes. Of it. <laughs> okay. So like the whole, so the whole, her whole relationship yeah. and her own journey. Yeah. Her whole journey. I'm not interested <laughs> in, but I love like three of the songs. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I really connect with is the, the book ended 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But so do you like it? I do like it. Yeah. And what? I think that was, that was one of the shocking things I think, cause people had such a reaction to it, good and bad. It yeah. was so polarizing. And so the people who didn't like it fucking hated it. And so I think there were some, when I, when people saw that I was playing Emma Stone doing the show, I think some people thought like, oh my God, you're totally shredding the show. And in some ways I am, I'm definitely calling yeah. out like weird, like Behavioral stuff. Yeah, and weird, like, lines that were said, and it's more just, like, a send-up of one-person shows, yeah. you know? Because you really that. pieced it all together from the yeah. whole movie. You watched the whole movie. You enjoyed we it. We watched down. the movie so many times. I mean, to the point where she actually writes a, a, a few lines of dialogue. She's writing the play, and you know that scene where she, they're like, what are you doing? Her roommates are like, what yeah. are you doing? She's like, I'm writing a play. They show it briefly, and we, like, paused it, and we, like, transcribed oh, every... Dying. And, like, 
But it's so weird, Danny, because like when she, her show, like what's written on the paper was Genevieve um, walks in wearing a trench coat. She stops. She blinks. <laughs> she pulls out a cigarette and lights it. It's like, I'm, I'm like, what? I and mean, that's I know what gets her that movie. Yeah, I know that's not like the audience isn't supposed to know. It's just like a fun little piece, but it's like. What are you describing? Like, I don't know. It just seems like the most stock, cliche, one-person show. Um, but that's what's so good about your show is that I feel like you could go in, you can go to sit in the audience of your show, and if you hate La La Land, you will think this is so funny because it's mm-hmm. like a send-up of this. Yeah. You know, like, so if you hate the movie, you'll be watching Jimmy's show and you'll be like, this is so hysterical. Yeah. And if you love La La Land, you will feel the same way because really? it's like, I feel like you can, it, it, gosh, I don't know how to word this properly. But whether or not you like the movie, I feel like you will just crack up at this show because mm. it shows your reverence to it, but it also mm. laughs at the irreverence of her show. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think... Did you, was that it, conscious when you guys were well, reading? you know, I really loved the show, and Jordan really did not like the show. The movie. Yeah the, yeah, the movie. Yeah. Cut you off before when we were talking about your guest arc on the comeback <gasps> oh when you were at the ground. Yeah. So the, you were on but the by comeback. By the way, this is such a good sign of good conversation because you're jumping everywhere i know we're going everywhere is that a sign i think it means it's good like if i'm listening to like a podcast and they're doing that i'm like oh i feel like i'm with them i'm like oh my god God, we're on a journey together you you never even but the fact that you can catch it that's good but no i gotta talk about the comeback because it was my favorite show and i want to hear any stories about you filming it with lisa well so i was obsessed with the show Mm -hmm. i found it was coming back and i was so excited i was like i cannot wait to watch the show i'm like this is insane that was so because it was like 10 years nine or nine years i think from first season to second season i remember being so thrilling when they announced that it was coming back yeah it was it was so exciting then i got an email from my um uh agents that were like hey you have an audition for the comeback and i was like oh my god and just the idea yeah, of it was it. just an audition, and, and I, and I yeah. knew I knew I wouldn't get it because this is too good to be true. Because you know when you get those opportunities and you're like, no, it's, it's actually too perfect. And it was a small role; it had like three lines. Basically, I was doing improv with Lisa Kudrow's character, and I was like, um, um, just this like annoying improv student. It's such um, a funny scene. Too. Oh, it's so yeah. oh, she's so funny. Basically, like they're explaining like certain things aren't funny in improv, like cancer or you know, child molestation or whatever they say. And Lisa keeps joking about cancer, and it's like... And Mickey's so, in yeah. the audience, her and assistant, Mickey. Who has cancer. Yeah, who has cancer. So it's, like, really awkward. And um, also, just improv in general is so awkward. Yeah. It's, like, so uncomfortable. Because most people who do it are bad. Yeah. And um, my, myself included. I'm Me too, terrible. yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, come see my improv show. It's also so... Improv's such a weird thing, because it's like you're... Per- there's more people on stage. I mean, at least the shows I was performing, and it was like there was more people on stage than in the audience. Yeah, and it's like, what are we doing up yeah. here? Like, what are we doing? We're performing for three people. It's really sad. It, it's really sad, but it's also really incredible at the same time. It's and everything. Yeah, totally. And it's so it, it's yeah. thrilling. And also, one day there'll be an opportunity where uh, a movie will invite you in to audition, and then they'll give you a movie like Emma Stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really if if you guys are not in Hollywood and you're curious what Hollywood's like, it's yeah. just like that. Like all just this like time, Emma Stone like, and La La Land, yeah. they'll. Come see you perform, mm-hmm. and then they'll offer you a movie. Yeah. Um, so I went and I auditioned. I didn't hear anything uh, from it, and I was like, it was the day before I was going to shoot, so I was like, oh, oh, it sucks, but, like, okay, that's fine, you know. And then I got a call from my commercial agent. It was, like, this weird, 
but I didn't even know what was happening. It was like an unknown number. I didn't have it saved. And they're like, Hey, you just, you know, you booked, um, uh, the comeback. And I'm like, what? And I didn't even know who I was talking to. It was Laura Suhu, my commercial agent. Um, and I didn't even know who I was talking to. It didn't go through my theatrical agent. This is probably so boring for anyone who's not. No, no, I love yeah. it. And so I was like confused. I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, great. Awesome. Sounds awesome. And I hung up and I was like, who did I just speak to? Like, I literally was like, was that the casting person? I was like, I was so confused. And I only had three lines and I just practiced the lines like over and over. And then I was like having so much anxiety. Um, I go in, I was like on cloud nine. Do you get like the nervous poops when you perform? Oh, I'm, I just, I so have this the nervous is gross poops. For like, people, yeah. Yeah. And all the time, no matter what, when I'm also performing, like it's times yeah. 10. <laughs> um, so then I go and um, I got to meet Lisa Kudrow. In Valerie full Valerie And she Church. was doing like, she was doing that thing. Like we would take, do a take and she would like, you know, do her lines, and then she would do that the like thank you prayer. Hands. Yeah, you yeah. can't see it, but I'm I'm bowing as her with a thank you prayer, and like then they would be like they would call cut, and I would laugh so hard because it was almost too much. Yeah, it was like my I like Lisa Kudrow was so incredible, and it's funny because like I was you know with her, we were on the stage just waiting. Yeah, you guys, it's just for, like, the two hours, of you, yeah, just waiting, you know, sitting on stage. And I was just so fanning out. Like, I, she's in so retrospect, brilliant. yeah, in retrospect, and Lisa Kudrow, like, she's so super sweet, so nice. She was so lovely, but she's a huge star. So yeah. she's not going to be like, tell me all about your journey yeah. as an actor. She's trying to get in the zone. She's going over lines. Also, she's running back and forth with Michael Patrick King, who's the co creator and um, executive producer of the show and writer. And also the uh, man behind Sex and the City. Yep. One of the men behind he's Sex and the City. just iconic. If you yeah. if you want to know anything about TV, like, research him because he's so, um, he's so brilliant. Yeah. And um, he... Um, Do you watch Sex and the City? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like those characters. Yeah. Like, they're just... Do you want a Sex and the City 3? Where do you stand on that? I would love if they just... <laughs> I mean, the whole thing with Kim Cattrall is just like... It's crazy. It's so crazy. And then, like, her back and forth. I think you pointed it out, right? Didn't this something you say? Oh, yeah. And get it? You were very involved. I love it. You're <laughs> just like this, you're like this sneaky little person who's like, okay, I have some clues. And like, yeah, you're, and what I, I love about it is you're, as a personality in the in pop culture world, you're not obnoxious or like, the, you're just kind oh of like, gosh. you soak everything up and you're like, hey, these are some things that are said. Like, you're really good at just... I am on the Kim Cattrall. I have a Google Google alert for Kim Cattrall. <laughs> yeah, because it Were was very confusing. I saw, it, it got picked up on like Perez Hilton and a bunch of blogs and stuff. My investigative research yeah also it really put her on the map like into, know. Like, you know it's, it's like just like, do it people want it yeah. make us happy and also I just feel and maybe I know that the third script is gonna be genius because like they had you know the, yeah. the second one obviously everything that went down and the reception you know of that the third one it's the third you know one. it's good. It's you a, knew, that's exactly it's, how it's I feel. It's a nice way to end the series. Like they when, weren't going to fuck it up. There was too much riding on it, and I feel I feel that the people involved, Michael Patrick King, Sarah Jessica Parker, like they, I think they know that the second movie tarnished that property. Yeah, and so they were going to do everything in their power to make sure this was a good movie. And then the other point I just want to bring up. I'm getting so impassioned about this. <laughs> Uh, I don't think you're the only one. I think other people are like, like this needs to... But I get that. I also get why people say, oh, the second one was bad. Don't do it. But like you said, the third one would have been great. Yeah. I also think what other opportunity is there for a franchise film that they're going to put millions of dollars into Mm -hmm. starring four women over 50? Like, there's no other opportunities for that. And this could potentially open other doors. So... It's like, I know it would have been good. Mm-hmm. It, it would have at least not been worse than the second one. Like, mm-hmm. it would have been 
probably on par with the first movie. Yeah. Which, if you go back and watch, it was good. It felt like a season of the show rather yeah. than a movie. But it, by and large, I think people liked the first movie. People loved it, right? Yeah. Didn't it do people really liked, well? And, it did, and the, they both did well, money-wise. Did really? The second one The did second well one too? did, yeah. I mean, it oh, made money. It? it didn't make as much as the first one, yeah. but it, I think it was, worldwide, it was over $100 million. I love that you just know this stuff know. on the top. I'm right? a box office person too, but but it's so good because that's always so. Because from from even if it critically wasn't didn't go well, all the money people are happy because they made their money back. Yeah. Correct. Oh yeah, they right? made more than their money back. Yeah. So I feel like what what other opportunities we need franchise films for these women because everything's like a superhero thing. Yeah. And it's like it. This I never would, even thought about it like that. This would encourage even if you would see the third movie and hate it. It would still, if it did well enough, it would still encourage more franchise films for women over 50. Yeah. Or starring all women. Yeah, it's so unfair how, like, there's such a double standard. Yeah. Like, male actors can go into into old age, and they're, like, playing these roles, and then they also have these, like, young, hot girls who are into them, it's and disgusting. then it's, like... It's so unfair, and it's... it's. But Michael Patrick King did Sex and the City, and uh, he did the comeback. Exactly. Okay. And... Working with Liz Kudrow was great. Yeah, she was And great. of course, in my head, I wanted us to like, really bond and just like be laughing. And then all of a sudden, she turns to me and she says, I don't normally do this, but like, let me give you my cell phone number. <sighs> no, no, she didn't say this. This was in my mind. Oh my God, okay. But yeah, like, yeah. so she was just like, yeah, she was in her own world. She yeah. was really sweet, you know? And also she's like, this is not a judgment thing. She's a little bit guarded, yeah. you know? And I think if I could do that day over again, I would be more in my own energy, giving her way more her yeah. space and just like letting her, you know, being like that cool co-star. But I had never been on a show like... Especially that, something that so, you like yeah. so much too. You've so, been on a bunch of other yeah. stuff, but... Like, yeah, I've done like some, a handful of stuff now, but that was like my first yeah. big thing. So anyways, it was really cool and she was awesome and um but she's a like you know she's very professional she's not like i met her once and she was guarded and it was yeah, disappointing she was guarded. yeah, yeah it was, that's how i, I was too. disappointed I, I shouldn't say even disappointed i i'm yeah when i met lisa kudrow I was, I was just a little i was a little disappointed i like because i love her so i love everything she's done is like one of my favorite things yep. like the comeback is my all-time favorite mm-hmm. of anything ever but Romy then i Michelle's. also Romy, love Romy michelle i was like the biggest friends fan mm-hmm. i still am uh so everything she's done, I'm like, she's created these amazing characters. And then with the comeback, it's like, she wrote that. So as a writer, I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Did was all your stuff completely scripted, right? It was really scripted. Yeah. We did a couple improvised takes, but, uh, MPK, Michael Patrick King, people call him MPK. MPK. I love that. Um, he is so about like script. the script and yeah. he's just like, he lives for that exactness and he's not a big, let's improvise and wing it. He's not a Judd Apatow. I remember an interview with him where people were asking like, is this a lot of improvisation with the comeback? And he's like, no, he was like very quick to say, he's like, no, it's all scripted. Cause I think when you watch the comeback, it feels a little like it might be improvised. And uh, yeah, he said in this interview, like everything is like heavily scripted and he's like very little of it is Lisa's improv. Like, mm-hmm. but she, I think she, he said something, Gosh, now I'm just making up stuff. No, I think he said she uh, improvise when they're writing the script. She'll be like improvising, but then once it's on the page, it's on the page. Yep. I don't know, but it's so good. The comeback is the best. Mm-hmm. The best. It's the best. Um, how makes do you want to go back? And watch I'm gonna. It. I gotta wrap this up because I've been keeping you here for like forever. Oh, I love it. I'm like so because we like all the same things. I so know. it's Very fun to talk to you. Um, do you watch Real Housewives? Also, also, I'm a huge fan of Danny. I don't know. I feel oh like I should God. say that. Like. 
when his Instagrams, like, even before it, like, kind of blew up, I was, like, obsessed with it. I would lay in my bed and just go from one to the next, to the next, tagging people. It must be annoying, because I think people feel this connection to you, because it it makes them so happy. So you probably, like, get a lot of just, like... That is so sweet. Well, first of all, I'm the biggest fan of you, and I always was... I used to see you perform before I was in grab, before I started doing Groundlings classes and stuff like you were i think in sunday company really at the time yeah i think or at least somewhere along the way before i got to like the later levels you were in sunday company and i was just like oh my god he's so funny so funny but jimmy thank you so much for coming on so when do you go to new york i go to new york on the 18th so in two saturdays oh my god i'm so nervous oh my god Um, it's gonna be great and everyone if you're in new york you have to go see it yeah it's called Thank you for plugging the show. It's called So Long, Boulder yeah. City. It's at, Most of the um, people that listen are in New York. I know that are because you they send me analytics. Yeah. So it's in New York. And can New York. You, where can you buy tickets? What theater? Um, it's at, um, it's at a Subculture. It's on, it's on the Lower East Side. And so if you go to www.solongbouldercity.com, that's all the information, all the shows. Feel free. You can follow me on social media, um, Twitter at, and Instagram, at Jimmy Fowley. So... J-I-M-M-Y-F-O-W-L-I-E and I post like and he's so um, funny thank you I and post about the show and I want everyone to go look at your other work like Go Go Boy Interrupted is so good you did two seasons would you do another one? Season. well right now we've actually been developing the show as a television show like a new idea based on not based on the web series but based on that character yeah. and this like sad Go Go Boy instead of it being in LA we talked about um, putting it in an uh, um, like a small working class town. So it's I like the that. story of like one gay stripper in this tragic town in yes. middle America. So um, I love that. It's so funny. Please go look at yeah. it. Yeah. Look it up. Um, yeah. That doesn't exist, that idea, but it will soon. <laughs> it will. Oh my God. That's so exciting. Um, so that's on YouTube, your Instagram, Twitter at Jimmy Fowley. And Jimmy, I'm just so excited for you. Like, New York is going to be amazing. And it's so, the show was so funny. I saw it. I loved it so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Okay, Jimmy, I love you. Thank you love so you. much. Love you. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thanks for listening. Okay, you guys, I hope you liked my interview with Jimmy Fowley. I did have to cut about 20 minutes of Kim Cattrall talk out of our conversation because <laughs> it was running too long. But I love you guys for listening. Go follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Go rate and review this on iTunes if you liked it. Thank you so much for listening. Love you. Bye. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? So what? Who cares? Right, Wendy? We don't care. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 
50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.